No Grow Follow podcast where we talk about church and today's culture. With your hosts, Adam and Pastor Jay. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night to some of you. Uh, welcome to the No Grow Follow podcast. Uh, today we have a guest with us today. Yes. Hello. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let the uh, guest introduce himself. Hi, I am Bryce Groudon. You go to school. I am an art major at, I'm a freshman art major at Southeastern University. I'm studying animation, which is really cool. Uh, I make web comics. Clearly you're a boomer, <laughs> Oh, right? yeah, of course, that, yeah. Bryce is clearly a 65-year-old and yeah. a web animation. I'm, no, <laughs> tell us how old you are. I'm 18. Nice. Uh, and, you know, I, class of 2020, class of 2024 for college. So that's kind of crazy. Should I should I mention the whole the trans thing? That's up to you. I am transgender. <laughs> that is I don't know if that's relevant, but you know it's a thing. So I, I messed up. Yeah. I introduced you as uh, him. Yeah. No, that's, I, that's I, true. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's good. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I apologize. So okay, I'm Pastor Jay. I'm here too. Although I'm not going to say much today. Tell. Can I start with a question about that? Since Adam brought it up. Yeah. Sure. Do you introduce yourself with pronouns? Um, no, not recently, because I feel like I've been passing his mail pretty consistently. Okay. Yep. Because, uh, like, you know, once I start talking, because my voice has changed so much, people, like, usually assume correctly. Okay. Uh, I still have gotten misgendered a few times, but that's because I'm five foot two, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't say my pronouns when I introduce myself, because I, like... I feel like that can like make some people think that I'm like weird, and I know like that's just me personally, obviously, sure. you know. I look like a guy, mm-hmm. right? But I've been in meetings in places with other people who are clearly look like their gender, right? Mm-hmm. But are insistent on putting their pronouns. Yeah. Okay. Is that helpful? That just I don't understand. I like the okay. when when we went to the youth gathering in 2018. Yeah. A lot of people were wearing pronoun pins, and yeah. I, like I thought that that was really cool to kind of like normalize it, because um, you know if somebody introduces themselves with their pronouns, people are going to be like, oh, I know that you're trans. Mm-hmm. But if we normalize it and everybody does it, then like it's just going to be like a normal thing that like, because recently I've been like trying to hold off from telling people that I'm trans because like. Get that. It's kind of like none of their business Absolutely. sometimes, yep. and it can be embarrassing, um, not because being trans is embarrassing, but because like people start to assume things about you because of that, especially since I live in the South. It's like a, a real gamble to tell someone who I don't know yeah. it, like, whether or not they're going to like <laughs> hate me or not. Sure. It's, well, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's not a great, that's not the right it's an unnecessary way to start the conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's really intimate. My, 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 um, my doctor says that I shouldn't bring more attention to myself than, than I need to. Okay. Like, I'm going to get my driver's license changed from F to M. Okay. Uh, because if I get pulled over and, like, a misogynistic cop pulls me over and sees that I have F on my thing but I have a beard, like, yeah. they're going to be weird about it. Yeah. So, that kind of thing. Here's the question. Mm-hmm. And this is delving right into it. Oh, yeah. So I have multiple friends that are uh, either over the LGBTQ community, and none of them feel comfortable coming to church, even though some of them would like to come to church. Mm-hmm. What, from your perspective, mm-hmm. what can we do better? Because that's the question we need to ask. What can we do better? Because right now, the church 
it's not welcome. And, and like people may say otherwise, mm-hmm. but let's be honest. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. It, it ain't. <laughs> With so one thing that I did, um, I'm in speech class where I, I write speeches, and I wrote my first speech about the ELC youth gathering. And I kind of my hook for the speech was, who has like been to church and saw an LGBT pastor, uh, and no one raised their hand. And like, for me growing up in the ELCA, I was like kind of shocked that nobody raised their hand. Yeah. So I feel like just letting people know that the that it is a thing to be gay in the church because there's not a lot of, like at least outside the ELCA, there's not a lot of representation with that kind of thing. Just like. I feel like just letting people know that it, you know, it's not a fantasy to be accepted by other people. Like, it's, it's a reality. I feel like that's the most important, just like, having it be known that it is real and not just, like, a dream. I'm laughing that we are minutes into the podcast and we are like, to this super, you know, like deep. Oh thing. yeah, um, I'm a very deep person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the sake of the listener, right, who just turned on the podcast, they're now seven minutes into it, and we're already talking about like transgender pastors in the ELCA. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's let's back, back it, it out. Yeah, <laughs> let's back it we're up. We're gonna a back bit. this out. <laughs> back this out a minute. So, Bryce, you said you were in the car and you were listening to a podcast. So you are one of our tens of listeners. Oh, Thank yes. you to the other nine of you <laughs> who are listening. Um, and, and you said that in discussion, listen to it with your mom, you would stop and you would talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and a, you said your mom asked you about why younger folks, Gen Z's, millennials are so angry. Yeah. And you tell us about that. Well, so, because, um, okay, so with me, I, I know a, a lot about the environment because I took an environmental science class when I was in high school, which means I'm an expert, obviously. Clearly. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it sucks because for me, I don't want the, to have to deal with all this, but like, you know, all the, like, I feel like the Gen Xers and the, the boomers are just kind of like, this is your problem now. Like, I'm old. I'm going to go chill out over here. Like, y'all are the, y'all are the future. We're going to, it's your responsibility now. It's like, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to have to pick up the pieces. And I feel like every generation has that in some way. Sure. My mom said, she's a Gen X, she said that her generation's thing was like, after like all the hippies and stuff, she had, like her generation had to become really hard workers. Like, cause she said that Gen Xers, like they're all about working and getting higher up in the hierarchy of their jobs and stuff. And so it's, it's that kind of thing. I'm Gen X like your mom. Mm-hmm. I would agree with what your mom said. Mm-hmm. I would also say that we're really cynical. Oh, absolutely. That we, just like, just like you're sick of picking up our pieces, we're sick of picking up the pieces of the people in front of us. Exactly. And the reason we're such hard workers and cynical is because our moms and dads, for the most part, had to both have jobs. Mm-hmm. And so we came home to an empty house, moms and dads worked, we, like, we were the original latchkey kids, yeah. you know? And, um, and, and we kind of feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like we inherited somebody else's stuff, and now what are we going to do with it? Yeah. And I would say, you know, on behalf of your mom and I and every other Gen Xer, like we did a big chunk of it, and we're we're kind of tired, and we're mm-hmm. we me at least I'm hopeful for you know what you guys are up to next. What, how, what do you think, Adam? So 
me as a person, like I'm not super upset mm -hmm. at the generations. I am out of breath. Yeah. I've I've gotten thrown well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Stuff has been thrown at me constantly ever since you're a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um started because we live in the south, so you weren't really exposed to all these bad situations. And, but it's just been like a catapult of things. Mm -hmm. well, and so it was originally, first big event in my life was Katrina. Well, it was 9-11, then Katrina, and then all this going downhill, and we've been at war ever, mm -hmm. forever, and I've been alive ever since. And it's just like some of these things I don't agree with, and a lot of people uh, my age don't agree with either. Yeah. But we're we're led to believe like, hey, this is what... This is, is it. The this normal. is reality. Yeah, yeah. this is reality. Yeah. Not only yeah. is perception reality, reality is reality. And <laughs> yeah. we're, we're kind of pushed to do these things. Mm -hmm. And we're pushed to believe these things. And we don't have a say, but we're forced to follow. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, now, that being said, it's not all always like that, okay. but a lot of the time it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so, give me and, an example, because I'm not. I okay. think I get you, but I'm not quite sure. In school, they completely cut out every way that you can learn, except for the way they teach. Exactly. So if you're a kinesthetic learner, mm -hmm. and the teacher is a vocal teacher, yeah. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. So, like, back in the day, I felt like they, uh, society was different. Mm -hmm. But now, it's just like, you have to be adaptive. Exactly. You have to be more adapt. We feel like you have to be more adaptive than the generations prior. I would have thought you would say the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. As a Gen Xer looking at sort of my education, which I would say the exact same thing you did. That from when I grew up, thankfully for me, I was a I, I like to learn lecture format, and so I was able to excel in school because all of my grade school, all of my high school, college, master's degree, doctorate, it's lecture style, mm -hmm. right? And so I was able to thrive in that environment, but we didn't do the other stuff. I mean, we didn't do a lot of group projects. We didn't ever do like the art project thing to teach you about the thing. Yeah. You know, and I would say when I look at what I imagine your school's like, my kids, etc., it's a lot more varied. Um, so I'm surprised that you're saying that, actually. Well, for, for my experience, like, I'm an extremely tactile learner. like. That's why I'm an art major, because it's all with your hands and you're all doing it with tools and stuff. And so it's like whenever my history teacher had a project where he had to make a poster, I would thrive. Yeah. But like in class, I was so I like every day I put on my headphones and like was like, sure, because like I it's hard. I it's hard for me to pay attention to that kind of thing. Um, it's hard for me to just sit there and do nothing and listen to what somebody is saying and then remember it because I'll get distracted so easily. Right. Like, but with a lot of school, that's it, especially with college, like that's it. In middle school, high school, and college, I took a test that said I'm in the 98th percentile of kinesthetic learning. Wow. Oh, wow. You know what they did with that test? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, you, you, you found out you're a kinesthetic yeah. learner. Congratulations, that, that, you're a kinesthetic learner. Yeah. Sit down and I'll tell you what that's all yeah, about. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> um, like, they were like, mm, you should probably bring, like, a tennis ball to class and play with it while you're trying to learn uh, through an auditory oh, environment. Yeah, like a fidget spinner. Yes. 
Oh, yeah, but you couldn't use those as yeah. well. Ever. Weapons. In the middle of class, like during English class the other day, I was I was literally like rocking like this in my chair because I was just like so, like I had so much pent up energy. Yeah. And my friend was like, stop, that is very distracting. And so I was like. <laughs> so do you think it's some, um, is that an individual thing or is that corporate? It is, I believe it's both. So I believe it was, it's been passed down. So I know for a fact there were generations in the past that they were like, I don't care, do, do. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care, like, this is how it has to work. Now, the older generations make one, made one assumption that is completely correct. Okay. And that's that we ask questions. Yes. And a lot of other generations do not <laughs> ask questions like we do. Yeah. Right. Like, they will say, okay, this is correct and just follow this. And we say, why? Yeah. And if you can't give a valid reason we why that's to. correct, we're like, okay, well, we have no reason <laughs> yeah. to believe you. It's like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> if we don't know why we're doing something, because, you know, our time and energy is our money nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attention mm-hmm. is the currency. So yeah. it's like, so questions are really important with that because it's like, that's like your your money, basically. Yeah. Also, it's in a completely different society today. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. There used to be a society in, today, and you talked about ice cream trucks. I did. In your sermon, well, when was the last time you saw ice cream truck in this city? Uh, probably at at least ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I had an ice cream truck go past my house yesterday. See, they're Green they're not they're not allowed in our neighborhood. We're not allowed to have any door to door selling. Like even if you're like a elementary school kid selling chocolate, like. Wow. Society has changed and morphed in such a way. Uh, for example. No one will ever go to the park unless it's the organized event mm-hmm. to go play baseball. In other generations, everybody would just yeah. after school go to the pool, go to the, and we, we we've, we've talked, talked about, about that before. But they act like it's the same way now. And they're like, yeah, yeah, go go do this. Yeah, can't. Yeah, nobody's gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like, and then they ask us why we spend all the time in our room. We've talked about this before too. Uh, these these phones, these gadgets that these we have phones. right now. Whippersnappers on your phone. <laughs> they they allow you to do literally everything you mm-hmm. need to do except exercise. <laughs> well, they can help with that too if you let them. Like, yeah. what I hear mm-hmm. is, is what's missing in this discussion. I think is the community, like like the the group of people making a decision, the group of people asking questions, the groups of people, like... What in the community <laughs> is like, hey, millennials, come do this? Yeah, nobody. Hey, uh... Hey, Gen Zers. Hey, Gen, Gen Zers. Zers. What, yeah. what, like, 
nothing. But yeah. you'll go out and you'll see stuff for seniors. You'll see stuff for boomers. You'll no, see stuff for. I'm going to defend the old else. people here today. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say that you're the old one. I'm the and I'm feeling very ganged up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> White fragility, man. Um, <clears throat> don't pick on my generation. Uh, I'm feeling oppressed. Um, I'm not feeling oppressed. I have all the proper. I have all the privilege. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I have all the privilege. The reason why, dude, we I think that we feel like that happens, why, why you feel like that happens, is because we feel like we're trying to provide an, an event and you don't come. And we, and we feel like, like as a Gen Xer who's got millennial and Gen Z and younger kids, like I feel like I'm also trying to get some of that attention. Mm -hmm. And and if you're in your room or you're on your phone or whatever, like I feel like that family corporate attention isn't there. As a as a leader in a congregation in the church, mm -hmm. I would say, on behalf of the church, we kind of feel the same way. Yeah, that we would, I would love to have a vital and thriving college and twenties singles ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, at here in the congregation, and yet I know that if we had such a thing, it would be poorly attended. I mean, well, I you just... might come, and you might come, <laughs> and I would come because the church pays me, and or we would hire somebody to, to organize mm -hmm. such a thing, right? But but how then do we, as the church or civic organization or community, sort of build that physical connection to people who for whom the questions, with people for whom the questions and whatever, the technology leads us to be isolated? Did you listen to our last episode? I listened to like the first part because my mom and I kept talking. Okay, <laughs> in the middle so of it. in the last episode, we talked about having a mentoring program. Mm -hmm. And that would be a good way. Because one thing that we enjoy is being listened to. Yeah, no, uh, yes. Because that's like a very valuable thing for our generation. So that would be fantastic and that's one way to get people involved you're not going to throw an event and have people come uh, but i mean people will show up maybe not very many but <laughs> uh, they will have a uh, a opportunity you'll have a greater opportunity if you uh give people the opportunity to be listened to okay and for me uh like with planning things and then younger people aren't coming, I feel like instead of being like, oh, nobody's coming to my thing, I feel like y'all should be like, okay, what are we doing wrong? Clearly we planned the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. for me, I, I was just thinking about when I was in high school and junior high, we had um, you know, youth night or whatever. And I loved the way that it was done like a while ago mm -hmm. where we would sit down, we all read this passage from the Bible. We sat down and we had a discussion for like an hour or two. And so everybody talked about what it meant to them. And there was no clear, like, we have to do these things. Like, yeah. it was very open and everybody had a voice. And I feel like that's when, I feel like that's, like, giving a platform for young people to have a voice is, like, the way for, like, that I feel that you can get them to participate. Yeah. Is if you let them have a say. During coronavirus? Okay. The day that most people showed up that were from our generations was the day that they spoke. Yes. Yeah. That's why social media is such a big deal um, for our generations. It's because you can say anything. All the time. All the time. 24-7. And nobody can stop you. You yeah. can just post it and your, your, your voice is out there. Yeah. 
well, technically people can stop you, but like, if people stop you on Facebook, where do you go? Reddit? Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Instagram. Instagram. There's so many outlets that... Well, and so many people to listen. I mean, if one person Absolutely. doesn't listen to you, forget them and go have a hundred other people listen to you. And having the what you want to say is important, even if nobody listens. Yeah. Because we have a problem where we can't get stuff off of our chest. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we can't go out and tell people <laughs> our stuff because people will judge us. And people don't listen to us because they don't take us seriously. Yeah, if you have baggage and you come to a church, which is supposed to take the baggage off of your shoulders, yeah. people are going to judge you for it. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't even matter what age you are, but people are going to judge you for it. Exactly. And, like, it's not, it's not even, like... It doesn't even have to do with, like, young people. It mm -hmm. has to do with, like, people bickering that are, like, 60 years old. So I think, I think that's true anyway. You know, and maybe that's not a new thing, but it's certainly a, co a corona thing. That, that, that with attention being the currency mm -hmm. and people being typed up with, without a place to vent and social media doing social media stuff, people are, like, zero to outrage like that. Yeah. And, and that's not helpful. And it's, it's the kind of thing where it's, like, were we, did we always have this potential to be angry, but we just couldn't find something to be angry about so easily? Or are we just genuinely more angry? Because like, I feel like before social media, you didn't have to hear everybody's opinion about everything. But now when you go on Facebook or you go on Twitter or whatever, you see everyone's opinion. And so there's more things to get mad at. Interesting. The what way, do you, so what do you think? The, I mean, do we have, the, are we angrier <laughs> or do we, is it, did we always have the capacity for outrage? Well, I feel like um, not only are there more like things to get angry at, there's also, since everybody has this feeling of a voice because of social media, everybody feels like they are very entitled yes. to, to what they think. So if somebody disagrees with them, then they think like, well, they think that, but like, I think this, and so I'm angry. And like, so your voice is louder, but also everyone else's voice is louder. Yeah. And you have to listen to them. And it's... It when we were growing up, and I'm sure you're about to say that you're about to be like, yeah. <laughs> um, when you were growing up, you were not given an outlet to take anger out on. So you had to find something. I had a or lot else of you were literally going to. For example, you used to go out every day to the ballpark and play, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. We weren't given that opportunity, so how are you supposed to release anger and Got doing it. stuff? So Got it. You, we had to find a way. Yeah. And for me, it was video games. I don't know. What was it for you? Um, I, I did theater. Theater, yeah. okay. Well, it's you find something to take yeah. like your anger, your frustration out on, and you have to go out and find it yourself. Yeah, you. It, it's not handed to you. It's not like presented to you. You just have to. You have to adapt to survive. Mm -hmm. And if you, if that gets taken, and like this is one huge thing. People are still leaning on these things. Yeah. Like I still lean on video games when I'm upset. I'll go and I'll play like Dota or something. Mm -hmm. and, but it's it's so terrible that like we it, it's a um, a crutch, a crutch. But yes, it, it's it's a crutch, and yeah. we're always going to have those. Yeah. Because we are raised that way. I think that's good though. I mean, oh I no, it's not. <laughs> what? It can it can well. It's like for me. I was forced, like the only way that I could, because I had a lot of anger issues as a child, uh, and it's probably because I didn't know myself, uh, but now I do. Um, but like, I was forced to learn how to express myself in my own way. So it's like now, 
now I know how to do that and now I can healthily express myself. But like I had to go through that like the fire and like through the 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 mud of having to get to that point where it's like it's good because I am a more well-rounded person because of it, but it's bad because I had to go through all of that and it probably wasn't necessary for me to go through all of that, you know? We we just need to be helped with because there's still people out there that are my age especially people your age that haven't found that outlet yet mm-hmm. sure and like that's why it's unhealthy people are going to go through their entire life and not find their outlet at this point Adam I would say the same thing for my generation mm-hmm. that, that this is now the second time you guys have talked about being millennials that as a Gen Xer I'm not a man but this is me <laughs> you know except for we did have the wrestling team and the park swimming pool outlet of that and every once in a while somebody would get into a fight about something and that that helps to release that mm-hmm. that anger we had some of that but but i still had to figure that out i mean for me you know i have a therapist that i go to but i also go to the gym right and i say and sometimes i'll tell like my wife <laughs> i'm going to therapy and i really mean i'm going to the gym. <laughs> you know that for me to, to when my head is full i have to do something with my body you know i to let that stress out or whatever some people go and be alone my my brother-in-law did a half iron man by himself yesterday oh wow you know that's fantastic good for him right good on him and i'm not interested in that that's how he processes and creates that space i think everybody needs that yeah because like i myself i i um function a lot better alone than i do around other people so i think that's one other reason why i'm an artist is because like that's like i go to therapy uh but I, I still need to visually express myself. Yeah. And I feel like that's my gym, you know? Yeah, sure. Is uh, making art. And because, ha- like, and a lot of the times the art isn't about me, it's about the emotion that I'm feeling, you know, artist things, you know? No, <laughs> so I feel like that's my gym. And I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of people nowadays making content to be out in the world yeah. is their like therapy. Like I considered making a YouTube channel and being like, I don't care if I get zero subscribers. I don't care if no, if nobody listens, I just want to talk about this thing yeah. and put it out there. Process it. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people, content creators is they that's their outlet. Yeah. I do the same thing with Twitch. Yeah. I, uh, I have a Twitch channel. I don't stream <laughs> on it all the time, but <laughs> Whenever I feel like I need to talk about something, I'll, I'll pull it up and I'll, I'll just speak like my mind. Yeah. And like sometimes you get a viewer, but I mean, they'll like immediately leave. But yeah. like you're, you're speaking the truth and you're like, this is, this is what. And that's one way to feel listened to because like you're not technically talking to anyone, but your thing has the potential to be heard by someone. Yes. Interesting. So let me swing this back around, if you don't mind, then to the church. Mm-hmm. So I think we've identified some needs and some, some wants and some places where the church has the potential to be helpful. Um, but maybe we are, maybe we aren't. How do we, how do, we do that? And, and did, we have, did the church ever do that? And can the church do that again? Like what you mean? Well, has the church ever been a safe place for people of diverse backgrounds to share their experience and it's okay to be mad at God. Uh, so it, it <laughs> right. depends. Right. So, That's a huge thing, right? Yeah. So when 
Okay, let, let me let me rearrange the question. Okay. And attack it from a different angle. Okay, so the LGBTQ community is it's been around for a long time, but people weren't so vocal about it for a long period of time. Sure. If someone was was gay, they didn't tell many people they were gay. Yeah. And there was a reason for that. Yeah. Because they would get they like, would get judged or killed. And, yeah. Or killed or shamed. Well, even uh, even now, like I, I know people that were in the church that when it came out that they were gay or trans, they were looked down upon. Sure. And that's that's today. Yeah. yeah. So in the past, I don't think it's changed. Yeah. I think it's the same way. And yeah. that that's one way the church has never changed. They're sure. always judgmental. And I... I feel like that is like a human thing and because uh, I feel like a problem with a lot of churches is that they let their humanness get in the way. Their hang-ups get in the way of other people's faith journeys. Sure. When it's not their say whether or not somebody can have a faith journey. Uh, but they still say like, I've been in this church for 15 years so it's like, you can't be here because I don't like you. It's like, well, I don't, like that's not relevant to, to my journey whether or not you like me, because my journey revolves around Jesus and around God. Yeah. And so I feel like that's just the the secular like problems that people have, they put God's name on it to make it seem like it's more legit. Yeah, right. When right. it's not. Yeah, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking of King David in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that, that came <laughs> to mind. But King David's life was craziness. Mm -hmm. and, but the Bible talks about it. He's mad at God. He writes songs about being mad at God. He's joyous. He writes songs about you know, very creative person, you know. Yeah. And I, David like, did art stuff too, you know. And, and the Bible is full of folks who have an outlet in God to tweet whatever's going on on their on their mind. Religion does that. The Bible's full of those characters, but church doesn't do that, mm -hmm. right? Your worship experience on a Sunday morning is so different than a worship experience where you have a, this. Uh, co-created relationship with with God mm -hmm. and no wonder it feels stifling yeah because like as like as like earlier with the lecture stuff you know church is kind of like that if you're in a big congregation and you're just listening to somebody talk to you and it's like if somebody is saying something that hurts you you can't just get up and say no I think this other thing like you have to sit there and listen to it yeah. I've never personally experienced that because ELCA is awesome. Uh, <laughs> but like that, you know, a lot of people feel like they can't, they don't have a voice because they aren't the pastor. And like they are the congregation. You sit there and you listen and you do like prayers when I tell you to pray. You do communion when I tell you to do it. Sure. So it's, it all comes back to having a voice. It's also really hard in church to ask questions mm -hmm. unless you are a big part of the congregation or you're comfortable with asking questions it's really hard to ask questions and i think that's another reason why uh it's it's hard for the newer generations because we like to ask questions yeah yeah and a lot of people don't feel comfortable in a, in a place specifically like this now there are places that that feel comfortable there there's uh, a group called c20 and it's at a church that's near here. Okay. It's the College of the 20s, or like the Congregation of the 20s. Mm -hmm. And it's got like 18 to 30 year olds in it. Mm -hmm. And they, it's just a safe place to ask questions, to be heard. Um, it, it's, it, it's phenomenal. But 
that's the only place I've ever heard of that mm-hmm. offers something like that. Yeah. And that's a success because people will have their voices heard and they have the ability to ask questions and they, they won't be judged. Sure. So. We do a series here at um, called It's Complicated. Mm-hmm. And we've done four different ones. Um, we did some other stuff before that. But it becomes like that. I mean, mm-hmm. before coronavirus, we actually sat in a circle. You know, we put all the tables in a circle. We sat all around and, and we talked about a topic. And there was, you know, there was an expert uh, who had uh, who started the conversation. But then everything else was just kind of like, what's your question? Okay, well, what do you think about that? And, yeah. And we kind of group, crowdsourced the answers to what we we're up to. And I feel like with questions, I feel like asking hard questions is the way to become better as a person because like if somebody has a question about being trans that can be seen as offensive or like judgmental I still want them to ask it because like they will like if when I tell them my answer they will know yeah the answer and they won't be stuck having to they won't be stuck in ignorance being afraid of asking a question to become less ignorant right we were raised the fundamental so when we grew up the main thing we were told in class is to ask questions now when we did ask questions a lot of the time they weren't answered but we that got that got the ball rolling in our mind and that's why i think we like to ask so many questions let me because we were raised let me ask you a question yes as i put this together do you want answers or do you just want to ask the questions we want both. Both. Okay. We want to ask a question and then have a discussion about why we're asking that question. Yeah. We would like to ask questions and we would also like to retort to the answer. Sure. Yeah. Um, we want we, discussions. Yeah. So then, I, I'm loving this. What if you get an answer you don't like? Well, then you respect the other side. You don't push your side. What kind of a utopian would you <laughs> That's not the world I live in, Adam. That's the world we want to live in. It's the world you want. It's it's the world I want. But is that your reality? We were told that this isn't reality. (laughs) Look, you were told, you know? So, look, look. (laughs) So, like, if we go somewhere and they're like, hey, this is right, you're wrong, you can't have a discussion about that. They'll be like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, no. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, listen to me, talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Explain to me why I am wrong, and don't start a screaming match. And in my opinion, uh, I feel like a lot of people in my generation, like our opinions are based on what we see as justice and what we see as what is right. And so if anybody disagrees with us about it, we think they're not giving justice, like they are being unjust. Because if we say something about how we feel about you know, gay rights or, or like just rights of anyone and somebody disagrees with us about it, we think you're against that person's rights to be a person, you yeah. know? So I feel like that's why, like... So, and then what happens? Well, we get angry. <laughs> yeah, and so do they. Yeah. Yeah. And so everyone's angry. And then it gets into a screaming match well, and then nothing yeah. gets yeah. solved. And then on social media, it turns into a silo where all the people on one side are one place and all the people on the other are on the other and they're not talking to each other. And then people go 10 years down in your Twitter feed and find... You said, uh, you said a bad that. joke one time, or an offensive joke one time, yeah, right. and then you're you're off of the internet forever. Yeah, my my I'm I'm already in trouble because my Facebook profile is full of memes. 
And so, <laughs> like, to, like 30 account. years from now, someone's going to go and Google my like, Facebook memes. and be like, oh, no, memes. That I don't, I try not to post anything on social media, uh, which I feel like makes me kind of weird uh, in the Gen Z circle because I have grown up around this culture of, like, if I say something wrong now, it will ruin my chances of ever getting a career. Sure. It will ruin my reputation forever, even if it's one thing. So, like, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Hypersensitivity. Yeah, where it's like, if I say one thing that, like, I don't, like, because it's the kind of thing where it's like, when people say them, a lot of the times they don't know that it's offensive. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the times they do, and they say it anyway, but, like, a lot of the times they don't know that it's offensive until it comes up later. And it's like, well, I didn't, I didn't know. And if you get defensive about it, then people think that you're bad. But if you don't get defensive about it, people are going to think that you're okay with it. So it's like, no matter what you do, you're wrong. So I just don't post anything. <laughs> so, so what would you say? How would you name that acceptance of, of being able to feel free to say whatever it is? Is acceptance the right word? Is tolerance the right word? Is, like, like how do you describe the, the thing that says we're all going to have our own opinions Yes, there's right. Yes, there's wrong. We're not all going to be okay. We're all going to be okay talking about it, but we're not all going to come to the same conclusion. There's multiple. There's not a single word that describes it. Okay. Um, there is. There's multiple. There is uh, open-minded, accepting, and wholesome. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the three words that that are attractive. Yeah. So we want open-minded because we want to be able to talk to someone and like them to listen yeah. and us to listen to them as well. The wholesome part is you want people to not just be able to listen to you. You want people to listen and respect and be welcoming to whoever and whatever you are. It mm-hmm. yeah. doesn't matter like uh, if how... If you're trans, gay, lesbian, straight, purple, green, Black, green, white, yeah. Yeah. yeah, any color under the rainbow, yeah. does not matter. What matters is that people are accepting and they don't judge you for you. They don't judge the baggage that's on your back. They're, and that's what we look for. And that's why church is such a hard place for us to to come to for for a couple of us we come we've we've gotten used to it but for the for the majority of the people our age it's too difficult mm-hmm. or it's too hard and we we didn't grow up that way so let me ask let me do two things first i want to do a, a fun little linguistic trick here and i'm going to say when you talked about wholesome i heard it as you want the whole person to be there I mean, you want i mean you don't want a par- partial you don't want it to be partial some. You want it to be partial wholesome. Where, where that needs to be like a poster. Right? <laughs> but where you get like all of the experience. right? And the second thing I thought of is to take us back to our denomination, the ELCA. Mm-hmm. I would say that the non-negotiable for the ELCA in theory. In theory. Not, maybe not in practice, but in theory. <laughs> the non-negotiable is that. Is that this is going to be a... This strives to be a place where... We want the whole yeah. to be part of it. This, we strive to be a place where we want you to be able to ask questions. This, we strive to be a place where you can bring your baggage because our understanding of who Jesus is mm-hmm. is that he meets us at the foot of the cross in the midst, middle of all of this stuff where I think we get into the biggest two fists banging into each other is when we say that's the non-negotiable 
and that's offensive to people because they only want the few their theirs yeah not wholesome they want to be wholesome full whole complete but they don't necessarily want you to be complete because they feel like if someone else has a voice that somehow dampens the meaning of their voice right it's like how you're saying earlier just because everybody just because more people have grace doesn't mean that you have less right but i feel like a lot of people if everybody's able to talk they feel like their voice means less because everybody has the same volume as them also uh, church this has always been the same way for this i've always seen this and it's not who we like to associate ourselves with we, us as a generation, and your generation followed, uh, said that um, ma- oh, we don't want masks anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't want to wear these these masks that like for like to protect yourself. You you want to be yourself. Like metaphorical or literal. Not literal masks. <laughs> metaphorical masks. Me- metaphorical masks. I thought you were talking about literal masks too. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's almost Halloween. It's but, Corona. Yeah. But, uh, Everybody's wearing masks. But like the metaphorical mask, like you put a mask on, yeah. and you don't want people to have that mask and talk to you and have a smile and then turn around and be like, uh, yeah. But you know how you said in a couple episodes ago, my BS meter is off the chart? <laughs> okay, so. Church. I've seen more masks in oh, church. Absolutely. Than I have anywhere else. Absolutely. Yeah, because there's a lot of like, uh, you know, holier than thou sort of like, I am very pious because I am a part of the church. Where it's like everybody has the same amount of sin yeah. as everyone else. And so, like, I feel like with a lot of churches, you have to, like, Instead of striving to be like Jesus, you pretend that you are like him uh-huh. instead of actually trying to be like him. Yeah. And if your dirt gets too close to me, you might see that I have dirt. Exactly. And I got to come to church to check a box or whatever so people don't think I have any dirt. When really this is the place where we ought to bring all our dirt. Yeah. And I saw, I saw, I saw a, a meme one time and it was a trash bag, but it, had, it was Louis Vuitton on it. Okay. So it's like, I feel like that's kind of like... Awesome. <laughs> Where it's like we have a lot of baggage and we have all this dirt. There are some kind of churches where you come mm-hmm. with your duck, with, with all your ducks, right? And come to this church, and we as a community bring your ducks, and together we'll get our ducks in a row, mm-hmm. right? And then there are other churches that say, once you get your ducks in a row, then come and be part of our church. Yeah. And when I read the Bible, the I time. read people with lots of ducks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, to King David and Solomon and Saul and Jonathan. And, I mean, that story is just a hot mess. I mean, oh, yeah. if you took, made that into a movie, you couldn't watch it on TV. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? This is like Netflixable yeah. only, HBO, um, because it's just out of there. Most people, I think, have lives kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And yet, on Sunday morning, the church has has for too long like you put on your white shirt and your tie and you you come and it's not a place where you can ask questions anymore it's not a place where you can bump into other people's garbage it's not a pe- the people don't seem like they have the ability to be mad at god sometimes and when everybody's voices are getting louder and we and stifling mm-hmm. we more than ever need a place where 
with God who loves us enough to send his son to be with us can be like, this sucks, and I'm mad that my grandma has cancer. Well, that's why I like um, Nadia Boltzweber, Pastor Reverend Nadia Boltzweber, a lot, because she is, like, very open about how broken she is. Yeah. And, like, because when you go to church, you go there to be healed, but if you don't recognize the wound, you can't heal it correctly. So being open, it's like, I am broken, you are broken, let's find what can make it better. Instead of just saying, like, because a lot of things, it seems a little out of touch and detached with all the stuff that was written, like, 2,000 years ago. And so I feel like being in the now and recognizing your problems and then recontextualizing the Bible around your problems uh, can, like, that's how you start healing. And you can't hide the fact that you're broken, you know? Dude. You're reading my mail. Yeah, yeah. We want a place that is safe mm-hmm. to come and release our baggage where we won't get judged. But currently, church is not that. Yeah. Now, we would like to make their church that way, and it would be much more attractive to us as a as generations yeah. for, for that to occur. But currently, it is not. So then on behalf of the church, <laughs> I'll be the bad guy. I'll say... I really believe that there are good people in every congregation that want to make that happen. Oh, yeah. And so if you're listening to the pod, to this podcast or, or you're one of us sitting here today, yeah. I would say keep, keep looking for those pockets because that's what Christianity is all really about, mm-hmm. not about the, all of the, the rules and regulations, but about a place where you can be safe because God loves us. You yeah. Know? Today, um, you know, in my sermon, I talked about John 3, 16 and 17. So you all know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. The gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But 17 says, for God did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, the, that's what we're talking about, is that, that as ge- different generations with lots of things going on, um, we're looking for places where we can be safe mm-hmm. and heard and, and wholesome and accepted. And, and that's really what the Bible is all about. Unfortunately, 2,000 years of human tradition has gotten in the way to where some places don't feel that welcome. Because in, in this modern time, like especially with the internet and stuff, you have to have such a thick skin yeah. constantly. Like you cannot go out and you cannot wake up in the morning without having to put on this tough skin so that you don't get, you don't start to bleed. Because yeah. like everything in the world is at your fingertips. And like, especially with my situation, a lot of people like hate me and don't even know me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we want a place where we can let go of that skin for a little while, where we feel safe to be vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerability is the key to a lot of healing, but like, because we have to have this thick skin on all the time, it's hard to let go of that, especially in a place that historically has been very judgmental, like the church. There, there's currently very few, if any, places that offer what you entails yeah yeah for us for me too yeah to be real honest i mean and vulnerable myself you know i don't have a lot of places where i can go and cry Mm -hmm. i don't have a lot of places where i can go and say look this is where we're uh, this is where i'm a mess you know between the gym and my therapist and a handful of other real close friends like i think and i would say the same is true for your parents and for your neighbors and for your siblings you know that this world seems awfully rough and to create a a pocket of loving kindness, you know, grace and mercy is really important. And 
and so in the interest of our podcast, I hope that for our listeners, at least this gets to be a glimmer of that. And, and to say, if you feel like you're not connected to a place where you can be vulnerable, let this be the beginning of that community. And, and if you send us an email or you send us a tweet and you try to connect, we would love to connect with you. It's um, nogrowfollowpodcast at yahoo.com or nogrowfollow1 at Twitter. <laughs> um, and so connect with us, with us there. And I feel like this comes back to what we were saying in the very beginning of the podcast of it's not a fantasy to be accepted. It's not, it's not a dream oh, yeah. to... Like, places that are acceptable, like, accepting and places where you can be vulnerable exist. You just have to find them. Yeah. And I feel like, like a lot of people think that it's just like a dream yeah. when it doesn't have to be. Yeah. If you're in a place where you're not safe, where you can't be vulnerable, you got to leave. Yeah. Whether that's a relationship, whether that's a job, whether that's a whatever, like if you're not in a safe place, like we need, to, we will help you go. Yeah. Um, there have been people who've left our congregation because what they believed about who God was wasn't who the church believes God is, and so they left. And when they left, yeah. you know, we offered to help them. <laughs> Many times they don't want to. Well, yeah. um, and at the same time, there are people who don't feel safe in other congregations that may feel safe here, um, you know, in these congregations. So. Hey, thanks, Bryce, for coming and being a part of our oh, for sure. podcast today. Thank you, and uh, we had a wonderful time talking today. Mm-hmm. You're more than welcome to come back on the podcast. Why, thank you. Anytime. Um, Anytime. Will you go ahead and lead us out in prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Dear God, I ask that everyone who hears this podcast, their friends, their loved ones, people we don't even know, oh Lord, are blessed by a spirit of safety and welcome that... Uh, what you have done through the person of Jesus Christ to save us all uh, is personal uh, and corporate. You call us to live lives and into being fully whole. Dear Lord, be with us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the No Grow Follow podcast. I'm Pastor Jay. I'm Adam. I am Bryce. And have a wonderful day. Bye now. Bye.